Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Is amputation really the way to go? During, and I imagine up to the time of the Civil War, the answer was yes, it was. During the Civil War, if you were shot or wounded, it is likely you would have had a limb amputated. There were over 60,000 amputations performed during that war. Three quarters of all the surgeries performed were amputations. Accounts from that time often talk about the piles of limbs that you could see outside of the hospitals. For better to lose an arm or a leg than for your whole body to perish. Now, amputations are still done today for gangrene or other diseases that will spread and consume your body. We see it also with many of the veterans who have returned from the wars in the Middle East. But modern medicine has made this practice far less necessary. Well, Jesus talks about amputation today. Better to lose an arm, a leg, or an eye than that your whole body be lost to the hell of fire. And he says that because he knows, although we don't often know or acknowledge that we're in a war. General Satan and his army of evil are fighting against you. And make no mistake, he is gunning for you. He wants your life. He wants you to be thrown into the hell of fire with him. That's why we call the church on earth the church militant. We're in a struggle against sin and evil, and this is truly a world war, a war to end all wars, a fight to the finish. Satan is not going to give up. He's not, he is going to fight to the bitter end. And therefore, so must we. But a tactic that Satan often uses to great advantage is to lull us to sleep. No major battles in your life lately, so you can take it easy. The sins you do, ah, they're not amputatable wounds. Just little things, little scratches, bumps and bruises. They'll heal, won't they? You don't have to worry about them until you do. Until before you know it, that sin has grown and spread. That bitterness and resentment. That greed or pride. That sexual sin or coveting. That uncaring withdrawal or rebellion has spread and taken over your life. And what then? And then, what if your sin has caused others to sin as well? 
In a war, one soldier taking it easy and letting his guard down can cause another two as well until the enemy is upon them. And sin can spread too among friends, among families, among churches. Bad examples followed. If everybody's doing it, why can't I? Better, Jesus says, to have a great millstone fastened around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus takes this sin stuff seriously, as he should, as we should. He knows how serious it is, even if we don't always. That's why in catechesis, the first thing to learn is the danger of the battle that's going on. And not just around us, but in us. The battle that is being waged for you, for your soul. The battle against sin and evil that the Ten Commandments expose. Those wounds are serious. And these wounds are far more frequent than we think, and if left untreated, are deadly. But Jesus doesn't want any amputations. They may be better than the alternative, and sometimes churches are forced to excommunicate rather than let sin reign within them. But that's not what Jesus wants. He doesn't want even one member of his body, the church, to be lost. The Son of Man, he says, came to save the lost. So even if one of his sheep, one of his lambs goes astray, he cares. And he acts. He goes after that one, even leaving the 99 on the mountain to search. Not because he doesn't care about the 99, but because he cares so much about the one, about you. He is obsessed. He is single-minded for each and every one. And he wants us to be as well. To be not just in his flock, which you are, but to live in his image, to be like him. Now that renewal he has begun in all of you through his spirit given to you in the word, through the word joined with the water of baptism, through the absolution and in his supper. And I'd like to say that I'm like that. And I'm sure you would like to say the same. But in this war, I see a lot of amputations. People we don't get along with, cut them off. Spouses in a difficult marriage, cut them off. Divorce them. Friends who hurt us, neighbors who overstep, the person we disagree with, cut them off. And look around. Look at all the piles of people who've been amputated 
and thrown out into the pile. A pile that in our world today seems to keep getting larger. And maybe you've been one of them, cut off by somebody else. But as modern medicine has made this procedure amputation far less necessary, so too has the great physician of body and soul. He has medicine for us. Medicine that can heal wounded souls. Heal friendships and relationships, families and marriages. Medicine doesn't always taste good. And this medicine we might not want to take either. But it is the medicine we need. The medicine of forgiveness. So if your brother or sister, your friend or neighbor, your spouse or child, your parent or the person sitting in the chair next to you sins against you, Jesus says, don't just cut them off. Don't go for the amputation. Reach for the medicine first. Go and tell him his fault. And if he listens to you, you have gained him back. If he listens to you, that means you have the chance to apply the medicine. You get to forgive him. And implied there also is that if she comes to you, you listen. She cared enough about you to search you out. So care enough to listen to her and to repent. And then the medicine is applied to you. I forgive you. But not just that. Sometimes searches aren't so easy, right? We hear on the news when hikers get lost in the woods and the search teams go out. They don't just search for a couple of hours or a day. But for days, sometimes weeks, they don't want to give up. And Jesus says the same thing. Don't give up. If he refuses to listen, keep searching with a couple of others, even with the whole church. These wounds that need healing, these are hurts that need medicine. We don't want to amputate or be amputated or have someone amputate themselves. And cut themselves off from the church, from Christ. We have this wonderful medicine of forgiveness that can heal far more than we think. And how much is that? This medicine of forgiveness can even raise the dead. This, those who are dead in their trespasses and sins now, and those quite literally dead who will be raised to life again on the last day. And this medicine can reattach amputated limbs, restoring those who have been cut off or have amputated themselves. This medicine can make us whole again. Friendships, marriages, churches, wherever two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus. Because where the name of Jesus is, There is he. And where he is, 
there is life and forgiveness. The life and medicine we need. The medicine that comes from the tree of the cross. For there on the cross, Jesus took all the poison, all the sin, all the gangrene and disease of sin into himself and let it kill him and take his life. That in so doing, he provide the antidote to it all. Forgiveness. He was the one amputated from his people, from his own father that we could be healed and restored. And when he rose from the dead, he made all things new again, one again, whole again in himself. And to heal the divisions our sin has caused, the division between God and sinners, between Jew and Gentile, between brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know how good it feels To be better after you've been sick. When you wake up the next morning and and all the throbbing, the pain, the fever, the chills, whatever it is, is gone. That's what the resurrection will be like. When all the sickness and disease of our sin is finally and once and for all gone forever. But that happens now too. When those doubts and fears that nag you, when those hurts and wounds that can't go away, when when the, the guilt and regrets are weighing heavy on you, are confessed and forgiven. It really is medicine to a sin sick soul. How good it feels when what divides and is divided is divided no more. Sadly, that's not going to be 100% in this world in life, not until the resurrection on the last day. We're going to be in the church militant until the end. There's always going to be need of this medicine for us to give and for us to receive. The good news is that it will never run out. The supply from the cross is boundless. And this, in this, is the greatness of the kingdom of heaven. To not just be like a child, but to be like the child, the Son of God. To humble ourselves in confession and repentance. To humble ourselves and forgive and not demand payback. To humble ourselves to receive the forgiveness of others and not try to fix it or earn it ourselves. That is greatness because it is all about Jesus. Jesus for you. So come now and receive the medicine that you need of his body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Herb and Maria are going to be receiving that with us for the first time today and we are so glad that you are here.
that the Lord has brought you here to us and is making you one with us in this fellowship. I only ask you this. Forgive us when we sin against you and receive our forgiveness when you sin against us. As together we look forward to that day when all in Christ will be raised to life everlasting and there is no more medicine. Only life. Only joy. Only oneness. Only Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.